welcome to another New Game Plus. This week we decided to talk a little bit about mainline games and their spin-offs. I mean, what the hell is a mainline game? Why spin-offs? Is it all just marketing? <laughs> Let's find out. But this is kind of inspired by I've been playing uh Shimagami Tensei 5 and we had a little bit of a chat about, you know, the kind of controversy around the way people refer to um SMT and the Persona series because it's kind of an example of a spin-off that went a little very well. <laughs> they kept on spinning. Enough go too far. Yeah, it's it spanned so hard that it made other spin-offs shoot out of it. So, a little intense. Um, but why don't we start with this conversation? Like, let's just let's just right off the bat get on. Like, what do we even mean when we say mainline um, games? I don't even know where the idea of mainline comes from. But um, what do we think of that? Wants to, who wants to I feel like mainline became a thing when the spin-offs became a thing. In the sense of, okay, you have, I don't know, Super Mario, Super Mario Bros. 1, 2, 3, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly you have spin-offs like Mario Golf, Tennis, and other stuff like that. And I guess the mainline series has like the main mechanic or the main idea that defined the series in the first place. While the spin-off goes into another direction, Usually, when it comes to gameplay, though, other spin-offs may go into like what-if scenarios or or just like something in the same world, I guess. Yeah, main mainline's defined by things spinning off from it. I suppose is is ultimately it. You know what's really interesting, and now I'm just because I was curious, right? Like, and I agree with you all definitions, but. Mainline apparently has like deep Christian roots, which like did Excuse not realize. Me, what? Yeah, there's like a sect called like Mainline Protestants, and there's like a lot of debate about where this comes from. But when you look up where did the term Mainline come from, the first thing you get is just all of this Christianity stuff about like Mainline Protestants and Mainline Christians, and like there's this like there's this you know idea like the origin is like a little shaky. Um, but some think it originates from the Philadelphia suburbs where there was this thing called the Pennsylvania Railroad Mainline, and it was mostly like white wealthy churches of like Protestants and whatnot. So uh, who knows? Maybe that's where it first started, and now we've just taken it to mean anything that's uh, that's like, you know, in gaming at least, the canon or whatever, or like the, the original. Yeah, I guess it's the main road and the other, the spin-offs are pretty much like... The roads, it's smaller roads. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're the and, side and roads. Christian, Christian, the, the side roads is pretty relevant to like SMT, given all of its religious sort of iconography and inspiration that it draws from those those teachings. Yeah, yeah, very true. And I think that's one of the interesting things that's lost in Persona. Persona sort of ditches a lot of that sort of deeper um, law, for want of a, a better term, um, and replaces it with. Uh, with like slice of life VN stuff. Yeah. And I mean, when you think about these ideas too, like mainline is kind of in the same idea of mainstream, right? Where like we think of mainstream as like the big popular thing, like with the most power, right? And so like this Christianity thing comes from the idea that these Protestants in Pennsylvania were the most powerful and they were the mainline ones. Like they're like the ones who have all of it and everyone, the tributaries off of it. And so when you think of games, yeah, mainline, mainstream games, the games with the most recognition, the most power, the most uh, brand recognition, I guess, or like, you know, the ones when you think of it, you're like, that's the chief game. Um, 
anyway, that's kind of neat. A little, a little history lesson for us <laughs> right here, mm. <laughs> which I did not expect. <laughs> um, cool. So why don't we dive in then first? Like, why don't we just start with SMT? Because I think that's the one we're really <laughs> itching to talk about a little bit here. Um, oh my I, god, that wife has so many spin-offs. But I also, it, there's only five mainline games, and then there's like yeah. 500 different spin-offs of various strikes. Yep. So I, I think there are genuinely more spin-offs of the spin-off, i.e. Persona, than SMT mainline games. Honestly, and you know yeah. what? That is not even a joke. No, no, no. So there's three dancing games. There's two arena fighting games. Mm-hmm. There's strikers. There's we've already passed. We've there's already passed five mainline games. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but there's then, more Persona spin-offs than there are SMT games. That's true. But when mm-hmm. you think about it too, like there are also more, like probably Persona spin-offs than Persona games as well, right? Like that's one of the. Um, and especially, actually, even SMT. Yeah. Because, yeah. Is that even counting like the remakes or anything like that? Uh, mm, remakes are sort of different kettle of fish, but even if you split off the two games and. Um... Yeah, if you yeah. split up the two games, you have uh, six. six games. And we, we added up eight spin offs of Persona. And when you think so, about yeah. Because technically. But then you have Fast Portable, Royal, and Golden. Uh, I mean, how much do you count those as their own separate things in this context? No, really, I don't no. Think so. no. No, I don't think so. And you know, I guess it's interesting too because even Shin Megami Tensei is like technically a like reboot, remake, new imagining of Mega like Ten. A, yeah, yeah, right. And Mega Ten was an adaptation from a book, from a novel. <sighs> My God, and this is part of the thing too that I think is interesting with Japan in particular. And I think about this for um, um, for the West, where we think about something like Final Fantasy Adventure, which is really a spinoff of kind of Final Fantasy. But in reality, like, it's just the naming convention is different when it's actually Sega, um, Saga. Or Sorry, all you're going to hear my dog throw this. <laughs> um, so, like, it gets even more complicated with games from Japan, particularly in the West, where, like, we sometimes receive spin-offs that are named after series that are kind of well known here and then it becomes like a nightmare to figure out what is actually mainline or not like and i think smt is a great example because like really the first games to like kind of pop off here were the persona ones probably three but i think four arguably even more so um but probably well, I think the first yeah sorry the first franchise game to ever make it over was the first persona game mm-hmm. so which is such yeah, a... but I was thinking the Persona games are, are a very weird um, case because you have the mainline games, but also you have, I guess, a spin-off games that are so similar to the mainline games, and it's because it was supposed to be in the next mainline game, and that's the case of Strange Journey. Like, initially, Strange Journey was, was thought as the main, of the, of the next mainline game, but at the yeah, end, it was decided to be a, a spin-off. Purely because it wasn't set in Tokyo, which is such an arbitrary reason not to make it SMT4, but, you know. Yep. Oh, it was because of that. I didn't know. That, that. was exactly it, yeah. So there were some dev interviews where, because it was set in the Schwarzwald in Antarctica, um, and, and what they considered to be a defining characteristic of a Shin Megami Tensei game was Tokyo as a setting. 
uh, they decided to make it a, a branch off rather than mainline. But for most of development, it was considered the next core SMT game. Um, and quality-wise, it stands up to that. But I And I think that's interesting. I think that's sort of what you're angling, Alex, when you talk about what is a spin-off, what is a mainline. So much of it is marketing. So much of it is arbitrary little decisions along the way. Yeah. And then you have the Jack, the Jack series and the Jack Bros for the um, well, the the, the, the console, boy. the Virtual Boy, yeah, yeah, and it, it's barely an SNT game. It's just like, well, I was going to pick up on what you were saying um, about like the media and the branding of it, right? And so, like, there's a cynical part of me that views spinoffs as kind of just like, ah, here's a way to just make more money off of our brand. But then there's also that like other view of it's like, well if we have a new idea for something interesting, are people going to give a shit unless there's some kind of like tie to maybe something that is a little more popular already or that we've already got. Uh, But then there's also the danger of like, it is an experiment. (laughs) So if it goes terribly, now you've got that tainted name on there. Like I think of Sonic and like Sonic to me is a fucking nightmare of a brand because they've done, and listen, I appreciate that they've done so many experiments, but they've done some fucking horrific ones. Like Sonic Forces, oh six, oh six, yeah, right. And so, and to, at this point, I don't even know what the hell you would call a spinoff for Sonic. Like, what even is one? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, because everything is horrible, right? And everything is mainline, I guess. Like they have they have perpendicular mainlines <laughs> that are going along. Well, yeah. Well, think think about Sonic the Hedgehog four parts one and two. Like that's mainline, right? Effectively. And that was a dumpster fire dog mess. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like in that case, you have like the 2D and the 3D main lines, which are like separate, which which arguably, I guess, kind of Mario is in that state too, right? Like you've got the 3D Mario games and then you've got the 2D Mario games, but then you have new Super Mario Brothers, yeah. which is, you know what I mean? Like at that point, it's like, it's like at what point- And then how do you pass generations in Sonic on the other way? And yeah. Yeah. Like at what point does a brand become so huge- that it's no longer even possible to classify something as mainline and it becomes more just like an ecology at this point. You know what I mean? Like Mario to me feels like an ecology mm. of just like Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario, blah, blah, blah. like Mario is just this thing. Mario thing, yeah. Right? Um, and on the other hand, you have, speaking of like ecologies, you have Pokemon because they're like, you have like the mainline games plus the remakes but then you have experiments like Pokemon Conquest, mm-hmm. which, Dungeon. by the way, is the it Arceus. has to be the best spin-off that more, most most people have never played. I've heard Conquest is very good. Um, Wasn't it technically Nobunaga's ambition in Japan? Obviously, they yeah. rebranded it because that's not a recognizable thing over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, it's <laughs> and it is a tactical turn-based game. Mm. And it is amazing. Poor people should play. So everyone listening, go play Pokemon Conquest. I don't know where, when, or 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 how. If it's legal, no, go play that shit. That's ah, DS. You can uh, have some fun there. It's not you know. <laughs> I've heard they've got lots of copies in Somalia. There you go. <laughs> it's not very long either yep. in terms of uh, Pokemon games. It's like 13 and a half hours on how long to beat. I mean, main plus extra is about four. Really? But yeah. Yeah, 13 and a half to be yeah, the main. Yeah, but wow. it, that's just the main story. Because if you want Which to play, like... Which is enough for like, me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. 
Deeply bumrushable. That is a surprise. Okay. Yeah. But I get it, Paula. For you, it's more like 115 hours. It's okay. <laughs> Ouch. Don't call me out like that. Ah. I was just looking and at the completion. You have, <laughs> you have Pokemon games and you have games whose spin-offs are like Pokemon games. So right mm. above that in our show notes, we've got Dragon Quest Monsters. Yeah. Which hey. I played some of that, like the, the Joker version that they did for DS. It's pretty fucking good. Oh. And it's interesting because it's like a halfway it's a halfway house between Pokemon and Megaton. Or yeah. yeah, Megaton, in the sense that you are able to do some fusion and there's elements of, of the the sort of more complex system that it pulls in at the same time. Well see, Japan to me it, Oh sorry, yeah. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying Japan to me feels interesting because it seems as though for their series there's this real emphasis on like when you think of Pokemon, there's like the dungeon crawlers. Like there really seems to be quite a few series that create these dungeon crawlers. Think of Final Fantasy and like Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, things like that, right? Um, yeah, the yeah. Adrian, no, the Mystery Dungeon series in general. Yeah. Yeah, because actually Odyssey had a spin-off, like you say, yeah. And then these turn-based games, like like Pokemon is this collection one, but then they'll try and create kind of more um, action-oriented games, um, whether that be something like Unite or I don't even know how Conquest necessarily plays, but I think about Dragon Quest and it's like you've got the turn-based elements and then you get the monster collecting and monsters and then you get the action kind of RPG and Rocket Slime. Like they seem to kind of branch out based on game styles and it's like, okay, how can we create? And then, I mean, Dragon Quest even builders, right? Which is hugely popular now. Um, mm. It's like, and I guess it makes sense. Like you want to take your brand and be like, okay, how can we maximize, <laughs> you know, this concept we've already got? Because creating a new world and new characters is fucking hard, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. I think it's interesting because I, I think you're definitely onto something that Japan is much more open to throwing that stuff against the wall and seeing what will stick. Like how have we not mentioned Final Fucking Fantasy in our mm-hmm. show notes? They They literally just took a remake of the single biggest game that was ever made in that franchise stripped the assets and made a fucking like oh what's it called battle royale game out of it yeah i mean if, if that isn't speak pin off peak speak pin off peak spin off i don't know what is and that's not even uh considering like the final fantasy tactics game and then you have fucking kingdom hearts that is final fantasy meets disney and then like put action stuff in there and then and that the has like spin-offs oh sorry the tactics games had their own spin-offs wait the tactics games has their own spin-offs tactics advance yeah well because it didn't start and, uh, tactics, Adva- tactics advance 2 is like one of the best turn-based strategy games ever made and i will i will die on that hill it's a phenomenal game that I I willingly gave like 140 hours to. It's amazing. Oh my god, it's incredible! Well, because then handhelds are a whole other area, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Lots of games ended up getting handheld spinoffs. Um, even Banjo Kazooie, right? Like Banjo Kazooie Grunties, whatever. Like on the uh, on the GBA, which is a conversation for another day. But, <laughs> but I think that, that's where spinoffs get interesting, though, because then mm-hmm. in the handheld space, is that an adaptation? Is that really a spinoff? Because so many times you'd look at a handheld game and it would be given the same name. It's just like an adaptation. It, it effectively a demake. It's an adaptation for infinitely inferior hardware. And maybe that's another interesting area to head to. Because when we think about like, what? yeah, was it? Um, I don't want. I don't know if 
Resident Evil, Silent Hill, that has like a visual novel. Silent Hill. It has GBA yeah. Japan only visual novel version. Yeah. Resident Evil had something in the works, but it wasn't ready. Alone in the Dark did have a Game Boy game, which was surprisingly competent, but mm. There's Resident a fun piece of lost media. A company like made a, a proof of concept demo of Resident Evil 2 mm-hmm. running on a Game Boy Advance. And it actually looked remarkably good. But like, obviously it was just the, the, the opening level. But oh boy. And see that's what's interesting. Like for me, we're now in an era where I think it's a little bit there there's just no dedicated handheld anymore. Um mm-hmm. which is like sort of too bad. Like obviously the Switch serves that role in a way. Um, but you're not seeing companies being like, well, let's create like our handheld version of this, um, which is probably why Pokemon company even has been struggling because <laughs> suddenly they're like, well, now you make console games and they're like, right. Like we were relying on the kind of shitty hardware, dude. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They're like, fuck, we got to make what this. we have to make the whole Pokedex in HD. Fuck. Yeah. They're like, Oh shit. <laughs> um, so that to me is interesting, but um, I'm also curious about like, yeah, sorry. No, I'm just still thinking about the Japan thing. And I'm like, you're, you're totally right. Cause I can't think of as many Western companies who've created spinoffs. Like, I mean, think about, think about something like the Elder Scrolls. There's hardly been a well, single spinoff. They did Blades, which is blech. Um, but like, that's a money grab. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel like a, like, Here's another new game. And then, of course, they got The Elder Scrolls Online, but, like, arguably, that's not really a spinoff. That's, like, that's still, it's it's the, you know, it's just online Elder Scrolls, right? Like, the gameplay is functionally the same as the Elder Scrolls series. And so it's kind of, like, I don't know. I just find that, I find it interesting because, like, you think of Fallout as well, too, right? Like, there's less, like, the experimentation, at least in the West, seems to be more in, like, um, mobile games now. And not even really experimenting, but just like, well, we'll do a spin-off mobile game, right? Like, oh, here's Fallout yes. Shelter. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's the concept. I think in the West, the trend is much more towards sequelizing. Yeah. Than it is spinning off. I think that that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Which is sort of a shame, but there are some in the West that have done well. Like, I think of, funny enough, SimCity and Sims, right? Like, <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait, really? Yeah, well, SimCity came And then first. my Sims... <laughs> Mm-hmm. That whole, oh like, God. Wii series that they did, which was, like, all chibi-styled. Mm-hmm. And Sims are... I feel had like the herbs. Sims my entire the life has been a fucking lie, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, SimCity came first, right? Simulating a city, and then it was just Sims uh, afterwards. Like, the idea of, like, the idea was to play as the people in your SimCity. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then went went crazy from there. But then you also have things like Forza, right? Which I think is fascinating because you have Forza Motorsport, which was the original. And then you get Forza Horizon, the idea of basing it around this kind of like, um, I mean, I don't know, like a festival, I guess. I don't even know what kind, but like festivals in different locations, which has arguably become far more recognized um, than the mainline series, right? I didn't even realize it was a spinoff <laughs> until I like started playing Forza this year and learning a little more about mm-hmm. it and was like, Oh wait, shit! What? That's not the actual like oh my God. main series of this. Um, then let's talk about a, a spin-off that wasn't even made by the main team, and that would be Cadence of Hyrule. That is a group of necrodance group of the necrodancer styled spin-off to the Zelda series. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. Yeah, that was kind of a mad one. And it also has, like, I think it was with DLC or free DLC. I don't know. I They added more stuff to it. They did. I remember playing when they added the new stuff. I love Cadence of Hyrule. Um, and see, this is what I think is interesting. Like, Nintendo, to me, is fascinating because Nintendo is a company where we think of them in a lot of ways. Like, they're so weird, right? Like, they're very experimental at times when you think of the Wii and all this stuff. But then they also seem to be quite... Um, Detective? kind of protective yeah but then they're also totally willing to let people mess around with it like you know what i mean like there's such a like um Mm. a fascinating contradiction of a company in some ways like they guard their ip so (laughs) tightly but they'll also be like oh you want to make a rhythm action game about legend of zelda you go girl (laughs) i mean like it's just like you're like huh but then it's like oh youtuber you wrote the mario rabbits (laughs) oh yeah mario and rabbits right Mm. oh yeah what a fucking spinoff that is Christ, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that Mario Rabbids fucking XCOM somehow. Yeah, right. They were like, "Look, what was that fucking pitch meeting?" You know, like, because <laughs> that's that's I a fucking know. forty chess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of XCOM, you want to talk about a fucking interesting spinoff, mm. the Bureau XCOM Declassified. Mm-hmm. What? What a shit game, by the way. Like, great concept, mm-hmm. shit game, but. Mm. Because that was a first-person shooter, right? Third-person, somewhat squad-based shooter. Right, right. And I just, I think, because didn't it come out after, like, the new XCOM reboot came out? Like, um... That was the thing they were trying to sort of... Capitalize? Expand that universe out a little bit. So it was supposed to be, like, the inception of XCOM Mm. as a task force. Mm. um, With, like, Roswell incidents and stuff in the 60s. So Mm. you played as this, like, agent with some kind of tie to an alien object uh and you had to stop an original sort of small scale invasion and then the XCOM unit i you know theoretically was sort of born out of the events of that game um the game just it needed more time in the oven it wasn't really super well put together it was an interesting concept that just didn't stick for landing um but as far as spinning off goes from a turn-based tactical rpg to a squad-based third-person shooty action game mm-hmm. set in a completely different fucking time period at the same time. Speaking of uh, the similarly weird spin-off, you have Ultra Despair Girls from the Danganronpa series. And that is like kind of mainline yeah. story-wise, story-wise, but gameplay-wise is completely different because it is a third-person shooter with some puzzle elements thrown in there. And not a great one at that, a very janky one. Yep. Well, what I understand from but yeah, like, no, okay. the Danganronpa okay. series is that basically the three games are good and the rest are all garbage. Like that's from what I understand. Like spinoff wise, they're just like rough as shit. Like there's like the summer beach board game thing or something that's just not good. Um, and like kind of. Oh, gotcha that was supposed to. Yeah, that that's one was the. Um, uh, it was like the the mini game thingy for from yeah. the third game, yeah. and they expanded it into its own thing. Yeah, because that to me. We feels... they, they... <laughs> what you what you've got to remember with Tanga Rumper is it, it did like Layton used to do, where yeah. every game had a few like little games sort of thrown in as like side yeah. stroke post content yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, sure, you try and expand that. It doesn't really give you all that much, but it was never supposed to be that much to begin with. It was like a a nice little bonus thing that someone you know 
mucked about with encoded in their spare time was thrown in. Yeah. Um, Ultra Despair Girls was like ostensibly its own game and it just wasn't good. <laughs> uh, and the story was such flub as well. That was the other annoying thing. Like it was such mm. a waste of everybody's time. And but, yeah. that's what's neat too. Like you're making me think now we're getting onto my favorite topic, Ace Attorney. Um, but <laughs> when I think of <laughs> Professor Layton and stuff, like you got like Layton versus Phoenix Wright. And it's like, there you got like, of course. yeah, like there's the mashup. <laughs> Which I guess is kind of like Mario and Rabbits too, right? Like some spinoffs are just like the synchronicity of teams coming together. But then yeah. we've talked about this before that what was fascinating about that is that that then took the B team of the Ace Attorney series, took on the main Ace Attorney series, and then the A team is now doing the spinoffs, Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, right? Like it's mm. like um, at that point, I don't even know anymore because I'm just like, wait, do we have two main lines now? Or is this still a spinoff? <laughs> I'm just like yeah, more, it, guess, more guess, attorney is good so I'm not even gonna uh, be mad about it though well, I'm not mad investigations I'm just like, where does this fit <laughs> yeah so then you have like the more clear spin-off which is investigations mm-hmm. and investigations too mm-hmm. which by the way god damn it Capcom Give us investigations too in the West. Yeah, I mean there are patches in English at least that you can rock. Yeah, but they'll never give it to us. It's it's over. <laughs> no, it's too late. It's too late. It's gone. No, it's never it's happening. It's just never gonna happen. It's but gonna happen. I know. You can hope, but it's not. <laughs> I gotta hope. I know, but like I said, there is English patches. So, and honestly, at this point, do you really want it? Because they're gonna they're gonna screw the art style up. Like just leave it. That's the one thing with the with the pixel art. Yeah, they, they change it. Like the new yeah. I actually think that the optimal way to play the Ace Attorney games is on the DS now because if you try to play it on yep. the Switch, it's all this fucking ugh. They got rid of the pixel the art. HD thingy. Ugh. Or instead yeah, of the pixel art. Emulate it on your phone. Get those two screens one on top of the or other, baby. That too, that's also great. <laughs> yeah. so I played the first game in the series and as much as I had issues with that game, like Gameplay-wise, story-wise, everything-wise. Yeah, great way to play those games. They nice. Emulate in a DS dual screen format, top and bottom. Works beautifully on a phone. So maybe something for us to touch on now. Like We still have more that we'll, we'll touch on as we go along. But <clears throat> I think what's maybe interesting is like how does a spinoff define itself? And like at what point do spinoffs maybe stray too close to their their source material because i think that like this issue obviously smt and persona this happens with but also maybe to an extent yakuza and judgment and like um i think judgment is like really breaking off into its own now and like like with lost judgment as well it seems like it's really like people are saying okay this is like a solid series but like it, it is so similar to yakuza um that i think before like a dragon came out and people realized that like oh yakuza will continue right like it's still going to continue just like with a new protagonist in a different sort of format um it almost seemed as though like at least for me i don't know exactly how well it did particularly over here i'm sure it did great in japan but i i always i don't know i always seem to get this sense that people were like oh yeah it's kind of yakuza but it's not really and like you know it has like a little bit of that growing pain um i don't know did you guys follow the, the yakuza judgment thing at all when it was happening I know the whole Like a Dragon thing was interesting. I didn't expect them to essentially do the, the A team, B team switcheroo sort of thing. 
mm. with making judgments of the mm-hmm. main franchise and like a dragon becoming a, a spinny offy thing. Mm-hmm. I think that then sort of goes back to well, what happens in the marketing? How do you pitch these games around? Because mm-hmm. it just to clarify for me, is judgment set in the same world as Yakuza, or is it yeah. just that it's the same creatives? Okay. It's it's Yakuza, then, honestly. Okay. Just you're not playing with so from what I understand, the first one, you're you're an attorney who's trying to solve um a series of murders of Yakuza. Like like some Yakuza are getting right. murdered. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But then I think from a marketing perspective, that then becomes a problem of well, why did you not call it Yakuza judgment? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think that kind of makes more sense if you if you're going to do it that way. I think a lot of these problems aren't necessarily de- developmental; they are um, marketing and, and PR and, and expectation oh. management. Mm. Yeah, and actually, you, you make me think too. Like, uh, I don't know why, but this made me think of Halo and Halo Wars. Like when I think about like in the West how they do things, where it's like often it becomes like some kind of like like I don't know. When I think of those games, I'm like, man, that was a little rough. But then I wonder too, like, with a franchise like Star Wars, what do we even fucking call all those games? Like, you know what I mean? Like, a mesh. Right. It's, uh, what would be like a gaming equivalent of a cinematic universe? A gaming universe? Like,. Yep. Isn't it Mario? Mario is gaming cinematic universe, isn't it? Because, like, <laughs> when you think about, like, Mario Party, it's got this, like, you know, Donkey Kong's fucking in it. Why is he there? Like, I, <laughs> what does Donkey Kong have to do with Mario? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that has to be it, right? Rosaline is driving a car. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess Smash Oh, Brothers. my God. On that on, on that topic, um, it just reminded me of uh, an episode of Unravel where um, this guy tries to like solve the Zelda timeline <laughs> and he uses like games for a lot of games more games than he should but it was amazing so right. everyone listening go and go and search for Unravel Zelda timeline and you'll have a blast uh back to the topic yeah Mario universe <laughs> Mario gaming universe well now I'm also thinking about Okay, so we're going down the rabbit hole here now because now I'm actually like very curious because when I entered into this episode, I had a confident grasp on what mainline was. <laughs> but now as we're talking about this more, <laughs> I'm starting to realize that particularly Japan, it's a fucking nightmare. Kirby. What's oh, the fucking no, mainline but... Kirby? Let's let it start with Kirby. Because Kirby has so many spinoffs, right? Like... And like, to the point where I can't even, I don't even even know. I don't even freaking know anymore. Like, the new Kirby looks cool. The 3D one, right? But I'm like, is that part of, is, what what is it now? Is this Kirby Triple Attack? The Kirby wrote a star once. (laughs) I'm just like, you know. Or like, or Yoshi that started like a Mario spinoff. With, mm. uh, it was Yoshi's Island, I think. Yeah, so we have yeah. Yoshi's Island and Yoshi's Island, and Mario too, World. yeah, and New Yoshi's Island. And I guess they just and make Yoshi's Yoshi when they want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have Woolly World and Crafted World. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Woolly franchise is almost its own spin-off series. Yeah, it, it's an its own thing, pretty much. Because there's no big Mario the on that one, so I guess it's a spin-off of Yoshi, which is a I spin-off of Mario. But technically, is a ma- but technically, Yoshi's Island is a main line Mario. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a fun topic, guys. <laughs> Damn it! I didn't bring my cork board. <laughs> yeah, this is a Pepe Sylvia oh, moment here. Ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh God Almighty! But yeah, I guess now that we think, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like Japan goes nuts with these things. Like they go wild. Um. With the spin-offs, because we didn't even touch on things like Harvest Moon and Rune Factory and, um, I mean, Tingle's game. <laughs> There's two of those, by the way. Games, yeah. And, and that's also the question, too. Like, Zelda is another interesting one, because I guess maybe something, too, I think it maybe it's more complicated now as well, because of, like we said, there's no handhelds. And then you've got something like Zelda, which had what I would consider to be the mainline Zelda games, which were, like, the console ones. And then you had the handheld Zeldas, which you'd have, like, Link's Awakening, Oracle of Ages, you know, Phantom Hourglass, et cetera, et cetera. It's all technically mainline. Technically, but you're then right, that yeah. mainline is two timelines, because they decided in their infinite wisdom in Hyrule Historia. Well, it's like split three or four. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and oh actually, like, God. pretty much, yeah, there's three timelines, and they are compared to Breath of the Wild because, uh, I don't know, Breath of the Wild and all the timelines. Which I think... And then you have Age of Calamity, that it is a alternative universe prequel to Breath of the Wild. Which I think... But not this Breath of the Wild, actually. Yeah, different one, uh, whatever. Fucking, I'm never playing that game. Uh... Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think what's interesting too here is that, like, what I think a lot of this reveals is, like you said, they don't fucking know what they're doing. No one does. We're all just fucking going by the seat of our pants and trying, they're just trying to sell these games, right? Like, it seems to me, mm-hmm. and maybe particularly Japan, but especially Nintendo, they're so embracing of, like, the experimenting that I think they find a concept and then it's like, well, how do we fit it within series that we've got right or like do we create a new one or do do we just fit it in Hmm? and that's that's how (laughs) yeah but i think that then actually cuts the quick of well what is the point of a spin-off the point of a spin-off is usually something different mechanically yeah yeah i think in japan sorry sorry. go ahead yeah so sure so that in japan the landscape is still much more accommodating of well gameplay first in a lot of respects not to say that western development isn't but i think the west is much more of a consideration for story and i think that plays into the the desire to sequelize far more than to um spin off and, and twist in those different ways mm-hmm. um and like you say when it when it comes to marketing a game if you want to try something new there's there's a certain degree of comfort and reassurance in giving it identifiable brand yeah. And then you've, you've got a chance of reaching an audience with something that, that might be a little bit um, out there or different or unusual to to stand on its own two feet. Yeah, because when you mainline games in, in, in the West, like you're saying, like I think of something like Ubisoft, which does, like it seems like their method is like, okay, we have a title, a series, an idea, and we're just going to continuously iterate on it. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to put out games that frankly have no connection. Like, 
Odyssey and Origins, yeah, I guess they're in the new area, but they're so different and like mechanically. And then you think of Unity, you know what I mean? Like they're all like kind of similar, but they're vastly different. And the Far Cry series, like, yeah, they they share mechanically similar things, but then they just go to all these different locales, which I guess is kind of like what Final Fantasy does in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, I don't know. Paula, did you have some thoughts? I I think you were you were brimming there for a second. It's just it's just weird because I I guess some um some spin-off sometimes like start as an experiment and then they become like something to make money out of. And then you have a persona that for example the original dancing game was a great idea, but mm-hmm. it's a fantastic game. But then you have the dancing the rhythm games for three and five and those feel more like cash graphs, like a a, a way to make a quick buck mm. and it shows on how the game is developed in a way so and i don't know like the spin-off where you have multiple series like meeting the middle mm. those could be seen as marketing for each other or like trying to introduce more players to uh to to these characters that otherwise maybe they wouldn't have known and that we would like, for example, Mario Rabbits, mm. which are, I don't know. And then you have like just weird cases that are just like, okay, let's make something for the fans. And then you have the Fire Emblem Warriors and the Hyrule Warriors, not the Age of Calamity. The the one with like characters from everywhere. And those are just fan service for the players. It's like, oh, yeah. you've been with us uh, for a long time. Well, play with every character in the series. And which is funny because those warrior games are by far better than the warrior developers mainline series, Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> like their actual yep. games are kind of garbage. And then the ones that they make, they're technically spin-off games, even of their own series, right? Are always better because they've got like yeah. an interesting brand recognition behind them. There's like what fucking nine dynasty warrior games. Um, yeah. And the, the worst, the, the, the funniest thing is that the, the warriors game were actually like the, like the, the actual, like, I guess, gameplay warriors games mm-hmm. actually started as a fighting game. Oh yeah. And then they said, Hey, how about we hack and slash stuff? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, you know, sorry, it's more to think about it. Anyway, I I didn't think this is where our whole conversation was going, but like, I I am quite curious now what others think too, uh, those listening about like this idea of Japan and their iterative nature or like, or the fact that they're more like maybe interested in like spinning off their properties um, and taking those risks. Whereas it does feel as though like, at least in the West, they're a little less, (laughs) might be a little more hesitant to do that. And and maybe also... Because when, when I look at the list here of spinoffs, for the most part, besides Persona, which really, frankly, is a huge undertaking, um, and frankly, the Persona games are now bigger than the, than the SMT games, um, content-wise. Um, but when you look at, I don't know, things like um, like Zelda, for instance, when we were looking at the sort of spinoffs, um, like Tingle Canes of Hyrule, even Pokemon, Mystery Dungeon, Unite Snap, like Conquest, they're all smaller, right? They're not, they're not tiny they're usually smaller sort of endeavors. And I feel maybe like um, in the West in particular, 
games are just getting, they're so huge, right? Like the idea of creating a spinoff, it's like, I don't even think they consider creating a small spinoff. Like I could imagine the fun indie experiences that could be created using um, some of the like IPs from the West even. Um, but then also, is that what we really want, right? Like that that's the question that you end up getting. But is then like, also, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. But then also you have indie devs taking inspirations from mm-hmm. these big, these bigger games and making pretty much their own thing with it. Yeah. If if you if you put like let's say you have back fables, if you put like a uh, a Mario code over there, you could might as well, it might as well be like Paper Mario. No. Was the Paper Mario or yep, my Paper RPG? Mario. Yeah, but both. Paper Mario. Like the original Paper Mario or A Thousand Year Door. Yeah. But also, that'd be kind of nice, right? Like, <laughs> like, isn't that what we've all been wanting? And like, I hear Bug Fables is really good. And I bet you anything, if they were allowed to play with the Mario IP, it would have been like, you know what I mean? That would have sold even better. Um, but then also the question becomes, how restricted do you get with an IP? And like, yada, 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 you know, so... I don't know. And I think of One Step from Eden, that one that you talked about before, Rick, that like I've got on my list now. Oh, the Battle Network clone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is technically, I would, co- <laughs> inspired by, but basically a spinoff of Battle Network, which is a spinoff of Mega Man, which Mega Man is the king of spinoffs. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. What is it? Mega yeah. Man X, Zero, Battle Network, um, Legends, right? Mega Man Legends, did they do that? I don't know. They've got so many. <laughs> yeah, Mega Man, what's it called? But... Base? No, you could, you good. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking that, um, like this, the the same way that indie developers kind of take risk. It's like, oh, we we have this idea, let's make it a spin-off. And since you already attach uh an already no well known IP to it, mm-hmm. it's bound to sell more than the new idea from an indie developer. Yeah. Yeah, and that see that's like the the rub of it a little bit, right? Like gaming these days, it's so unbelievably difficult to get noticed. But then again, it's also easier than ever in some ways um, when you think about all the indie games that get recognized. But then you got this question of like, like I can't even begin to imagine how you go about thinking like because I don't know, like intrinsically, you have to think, how does this game market, right? Just because like you need to get yeah. eyes in front of it. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Like I, I wish I could have a bit more of a peek into how some of these companies come about, like their thoughts for like when they come up with a new idea, interesting idea of like, how do we know where it slots into, right? Like I, it seems to me at Nintendo that the idea comes first and then the the brand of the IP comes second where it's like, okay, well, this is the yeah. idea. Let's slot it into one that seems to make sense, which I guess when you're a company like Nintendo makes perfect sense. But if you're a smaller company who only say makes one big IP, it's like, what do you do with that? And I also think that like fatigue can set in, right? Cause like I look, I love all Sony's exclusives and stuff, but like I get a little concerned that they're going to rely too heavily on like, um, cause they've even mentioned that they want to really focus on their big, huge IPs. And I'm like, that's awesome. But like, at a certain point, you can get tired of a world, right? And of a uh, of a universe. Yeah. And it can become something that you're like, I think I'm good, right? Like, I don't want to spend years in this place. Like, I think of something like, I don't know. 
fucking watchdogs or some shit, <laughs> like which is not Sony, but you know yeah, what I mean. Think about famous Sony IP watchdogs. Yeah, but I was thinking of I was actually thinking of Horizon to be honest. Um, I like Horizon a lot, but I'm like a little nervous that Horizon's about to become the thing that just gets beaten into the ground because they've got the VR thing coming for it too, and I'm just like, yeah, careful how much yep. you do with Horizon. I don't think that studio is that big. <laughs> Speaking of fatigue, like when I when I think of fatigue from a franchise, I think Assassin's Creed. Mm. <laughs> yes. Because of yeah, because of how similarly they are, and then they come up with something new, and then they milk that idea uh, for all it's worth, and then you have fatigue again, and then bring some of your pitch. Well, look what's happened. Um, Origins and Origins was like a breath of fresh air, and then Odyssey people were like cool, and now Valhalla come out, and everyone's like, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, like, like it's like, huh. and mm-hmm. now there's announcing oh Assassin's Creed Infinite or something, and I'm like, are you for fucking real? <laughs> like, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, how do you what? Like, uh, anyway, you know, like now it's just I don't know. There's the cynical part of me gets a little upset with how things are going at least in terms of the fact that like it seems as though companies are really pushing even more so for like how do we create a brand that sells for us that's like evergreen and just keeps going and going and going and going um versus how do we create fun new experiences which i don't know maybe that's a tale as old as time right maybe this has always been an issue um and we're just getting older Mm. and noticing it more often but um, speak for yourself (laughs) oh my god you cheek a little. I'm an old man. That's me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. I'm sorry for the actual old men who are listening. <laughs> sorry, that was wow. a dig at you, Matt. Love you, wow. buddy. Um, <laughs> he always makes fun of me for saying that I'm old, but I'm not. So I'm, I'm respecting oh him. He knows I'm yeah, not. He helped careful, me get a new though. laptop. <laughs> yeah, the band hammer. Yeah, don't hurt me, mod. <laughs> Do we have any closing thoughts? Because I feel like we've actually remarkably comprehensively covered this. Yeah, me too. I... For, in terms of me what too. we've got, I, I feel like I'm reaching for anything else to say. I think I've, I've very much mm-hmm. hit what I wanted to hit. Yeah, I don't know. I think we've learned that the concept of mainline is particularly not as simple as it sounds power. <laughs> yeah um that spinoffs um are perhaps a significantly more japanese thing than they are uh western development thing which maybe is a result of a stronger indie scene in the west and not a strong of one in in japan right like japan's indie scene's not that huge and right yeah a lot of them maybe mm-hmm. just get absorbed into the companies there and so games that probably would have been indie just end up becoming spinoffs um Hmm. whereas in the west it's like no we don't need spinoffs we've just got indie games making spinoffs you know yep um, pretty much yeah that seems like good last thoughts right <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> well thanks for listening nice tight succinct ng plus yeah a succinct new game plus um sorry again to you matt uh, <laughs> and well <laughs> Um, but that's it for this week's episode thanks for tuning in for a little shorter one we're we're just we're very busy these these days so uh we'll be back next week with another regular episode and uh that's that toodaloo bye bye